get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games It's the regular season finale for both the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the BC Lions. Welcome inside game day Winnipeg here on Bonfire Sports. Darren Bombing alongside the legend Chris Walby. Bluto, what's going on? How was your week? How was your final bye week of the regular season? Um, and, and what are you expecting in this game? I guess you could call it a playoff tune-up for both of these teams that will be hosting playoff games at home. First off, it was a great week. The weather's been fantastic. Got to enjoy it. Did a lot of outdoor stuff. Uh, but, yeah, when I look forward to this game, I mean, look at the weather. We're talking October 28th. We're talking plus, what, 15 tomorrow? Uh, gorgeous day. I mean, it's obviously going to be a little different whoever comes back here for the West Final, unless we get that freak weather again. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I like this matchup. I, I think everyone's excited to see what Nathan Rourke's going to do. I mean, he, I watched his film. He had film on him all week. Uh, didn't do much. Throw, just did a little throwing in the first. And all of a sudden, he started running around. And I listened to Coach Campbell, the head coach of the BC Lions, in his uh, last press conference talking about that uh, in the last defensive scale, they they actually forced Nathan to run to see how he would be on the move. And uh, they said no limping, nothing. He looked just – I mean, the guy's a freak for one, right? It's crazy. Um, I mean, when you think about it, he's missed the last nine games. He's still got a passing rating of, of 79%, which is still the highest in the CFL. 25 touchdowns. You know, he was on a roll. Like I said, it, it was a, it, to me, it was a two-man race for MOP. It was him and Zach. Obviously, Zach has had a, an outstanding year. Uh, I'd be, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'll put the stamp on it right now. There's two gimmies for sure, and that to me is uh, Dalton and uh, and Zach. But, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to watch uh, Nathan play. Um, they've got a running game that they're, they, I guess, for some reason, the last two weeks they've just exploded once against the Bombers. But James Butler, who was, uh, I guess, a player of the week, um, you know, last two games he's rushed for 245 yards and average of 6.1, had 104 against the Bombers. Uh, and, and the game they lost earlier in the year, he only had carried the ball eight times. Uh, he has to be a workhorse for the BC Lions. Then, of course, you got the story. Lucky Whitehead finally coming back to Winnipeg. First uh, game in Winnipeg. Uh, looking forward. He's trying to control himself right now. He's very excited. I mean, he's close. I mean, he's got 960. He's, three, you know, what, 35 yards from 1,000. Uh, he's got the longest catch in the CFL this year for a touchdown of 90 yards. He got, they got all the weapons. I mean, this is a great matchup. It really is a great matchup. As you say, a test of what's to come in the playoffs. But, of course, they've got to get past the Calgary Stampeders in yeah. the semi. But right now, uh, this is a team that's uh, on paper, on paper, boys, looking pretty good. Yeah, uh, really uh, big thanks to everybody who's joining us live here on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter as well. If you're not on YouTube, jump over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports. Join the live chat. Want to get your take on what you expect to see Friday night, how you would like the Blue Bombers to handle the workload management for a lot of their number one guys, including Zach Kolaris. Yes, we will see Nathan Rourke start this game, Chris. Um, and Andrea, we will get into who is in and who is out for the Blue Bombers in, in just a moment. Um, Rourke is in and is expected to play one quarter. 
Yeah. How much of Zach Kolaris can we expect to see on Friday? I, I think they're going to do the same thing they did last year. Uh, one quarter. I believe Zach will play one quarter and then they'll put Drew Brown in there and you're probably going to see a little Dakota Brook up. Uh, you know, why not mix it up? There's no reason to keep many longer. Uh, he's a guy that's he's so on, in tune to what he's going to do offensively. I love the fact that he talks about how he's with Buck Pierce, the offensive coordinator, and they talk about programs. And he's and Buck Pierce, obviously, we talked about this last podcast. The fact that Buck is very open to ideas brought forth by any of his quarterbacks or receivers. And speaking of receivers, this is an all-star cast, boys. Look who's back, right? Ellingson, Wallatarski, Sean Bailey, O'Leary Orange. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, there's just so much talent. Um, you know, and of course they're missing the guy that I really love to watch play. He's getting a rest. I don't know if he really is banged up or they're just decided to give him a rest, but in uh, Nick Dembski not playing, um, maybe it's just one of those things, uh, preventative just to let him get a little bit more healthy for the, uh, for the final. Um, but they, they look at the, who they put back in there. I mean, you got Walatarski who's having a career year. You got Ellingson who hasn't played for a while, uh, still almost happy. You know, but- he was having a career year before his his yeah. uh, two stints on the six game, right? That's crazy. I mean, and, and he is a guy that has got playoff pedigree all over him. You watch what he did with Ottawa. I can still remember that catch down the sidelines when they won the Grey Cup. Um, just a big play guy, and he plays big at big times. Uh, yeah, so they're this scary. If I look at this, I look at both, even defense. The only thing that kind of jumped out at me. And when I did the uh, the depth charts this morning, DB was Let Tyrell me Ford at that cornerback <laughs> position. That jumped yeah. out of me. I thought maybe Desmond Lawrence would stay there. He played pretty good, I thought. But, I mean, they've obviously want to take a look at this kid, Tyrell Ford. Uh, he's basically a special teamer. He's got one tackle to his name. But that's a big test for him and Jamal Parker on that uh, on that wide side of the field. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's a good opportunity, though, he is a rookie and he has yeah. been on the roster all season long. Maybe a bit of a reward for him for his hard work this season, giving him his first career start. Uh, Desmond Lawrence, I think it can be beneficial to him as a new player in this Blue Bombers team, learning this system to play in a game like he did in BC a week and a half ago. And now watch from the press box or watch from the sideline and, and you know, stand next to teammates and listen to the coaches, maybe be on the headset with Richie Hall calling plays uh, and continue that, you know, growth and learning progression. Yeah. Jamal Parker has been excellent since his move to halfback. I do yeah. expect Desmond Lawrence to start once again uh, come the playoffs, but let's talk about these studs here, Chris. Winston Rose and, and more notably, I think, in Dietrich Nichols. Uh, he was wow. my nominee for the Blue Bombers team awards. I have one of five votes yeah, here in Winnipeg do. alongside Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, Derek Taylor, a CJOB, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun, and the head coach, as it is in all nine markets, Mike O'Shea getting a vote as well. Uh, Nichols, to me, was... I, I just wanted to give him my vote because yeah. the numbers that defensive ends like Willie Jefferson, who ended up getting the team's nomination, I think that is deserved, but I gave mine to Nichols because he's just not thrown at. He doesn't have the gaudy numbers because the ball is never in his vicinity. It just yeah. shows to the respect other teams give him. I think he is one of the most impactful players 
on the football field anytime he steps on it. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you go to Twitter for a little bit and you read some of the comments and, and they echo a lot of what you just stated. A lot of people were surprised, not taking anything from Willie. You know, Willie's just Willie. He's a freak at that defensive end spot. But the fact that a guy that because he hasn't been targeted much, but he always comes up with big plays defensively when he is attacked. Dietrich Nichols, a lot of a lot of players thought that a lot of people out there, excuse me, thought that he should have got the nod. It's a tough thing when you're calling. And I know I listened to, um, you know, O'Shea this morning and he was talking about that, you know, it represents a team. Uh, but it's a reflection. And listen, I have been in this situation before. It's nice to get the nod, but there's also part of you that say it would be kind of nice if I got the nod. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say players are thinking about that me, me kind of thing, but yeah, some players, I mean, I think players want to get rewarded for their great play or be recognized for their great play. And I think sometimes stats cloud that, as you stated, He's got one interception, 43 tackles. They haven't gone after him much. So he doesn't have the five or six interceptions that right. normally would give it to him. You know what I mean? He could have got beat 52 times, had 10 interceptions, and he'd be the nod. So, yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. Uh, the other one that uh, surpri- well, it didn't surprise me, I think Stanley Bryant is just a freak at that left tackle. It's going to go down as one. I of think the it's best a positive part. indication that Stanley Bryant is starting and playing. Same with. Jamarcus Hardrick. Hardrick has been battling through something mid-body, potentially yeah. uh, officially listed as upper body. But, um, you know, See, I think those are all positive indications that going into the playoffs, these guys are going to be sharp because they played in a game, still get a bye week like they did last week. They will get another one next week when the Lions host the Stampeders in the West semifinal. And then November 13, all hands on deck, firing and ready to go. You know, but I, I just want to finish my thought, and you were you were kind of going on there. I just want to say one more thing, though, about, about this thing. I, I look at a guy like Jamarcus Hardrick, who to me, on any other team, is their nominee. I'll, I'll go through right to the league. Any other team, he, he's going to be their nominee for most outstanding offense lineman. When you're playing in the shadow of 66, it's tough. It's tough to, yeah. un, uh, you know, what they say, unthrown the king. And he's the king right now. Yeah. And uh, the guy just does it day in, day out. I, I listened to him talk today, and he's right. You know, he's been blessed by staying injury-free, which is huge. And, I mean, he just – he's always – in his consistency. You very rarely see him get beat. Uh, he just – he's always there. A great run blocker. He doesn't uh, – he's not a loud jump-up-down-the-hard-rick-hop kind of guy, you know, where he's all there, you know uh, – and I, I just like the uh, Hardrick's uh, thing, and I really just think, I mean, they're going to have a lot of all Canadians on the line anyway. They'll be recognized by the CFLPA Association and yeah, by the uh, by the all Canadians of CFL. But still, it's nice when you think about a guy saying to myself, "Man, how do I get the king off his throne? How do <laughs> I get up there, man? How do or you know, it's just it's just a tough thing for him." But I want to say hey, to Jamarcus, uh, you had a great year, and uh, you're still playing, and that's great. But this old line is back to almost where they were before, minus Desjardins. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's almost indicative of what they had last year. Well, uh, and of course, Chris Kolonkowski injured last game. Uh, talk about a great contingency plan. They have 2021 yeah. CFL PA All-Star Micah Couture able to step in and start. Liam Dobson, uh, the Canadian and global offensive lineman, Tomoya Machino, uh, will be the backups on Friday night. Had Newfeld, Chris, 
I think is uh, somebody um, that doesn't get enough recognition being on that star-studded offensive line. I voted Stanley Bryant my most outstanding offensive lineman on my ballot this year. Pat Newfeld was my number two. Uh, really? Well, that's yeah. and, and you know what? Just from if, conversations I had with some people that maybe watch those positions better than yeah, I Yeah, you know what? I, it's, it's funny. If I could get an O-line film, being that I played that position, and if I could break down the film a little, you know, more than I can just by watching a game like you and I do, I'd probably have a different perspective, or maybe I'd have a completely uh, the same perspective right now. But I agree with you on that point. I think Pat Newfield, uh, game in, game out. Uh, he's just a bulldozer in there playing great football. We said this about three years ago that we thought he should get recognition. He started getting recognition. He was all Canadian last year. He'll be all Canadian again. I don't know if anybody can beat him out right now. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Great, great choices. I mean, it's a tough thing. When you got a Whoa. team that's 14-3 and three and, they've, you know, their offense is kicking, you know, you know I mean, you got a guy that's almost a 1,000-yard rusher and Brady Oliveira who you, you right. go back to the beginning of the year and they're like, who is Brady who? Is he part of the Brady bunch? He's not playing that's, pretty tough. And that's an important that, note because yeah. Brady Oliveira was getting a lot of number two votes. Like yes. for for those that aren't aren't aware, like I, I got into all of this, the process see, and, and my I don't, I don't rationale for CFL. They should, they, they should post that. Not not the fact that who you voted for individually, because you don't want to get that, you know, that that thing where players start going, Oh, you didn't vote for me, idiot. You know what I mean? But I always make mine. They used, they used to always say like they put unanimous or they go by a vote of three to one or a vote of three to two. It's a closed vote. You know what I mean? Right. There's no reason you can't put that information out for the common fan. Well, they do tell you if a player is unanimously selected. Zach Kolaris yeah, was unanimously yeah. the, the Blue Bombers most outstanding player. Uh, Dalton shown unanimously the most outstanding rookie. No surprises there. But not unanimous was Janarian Grant as the special teams uh, most outstanding special teams player, Stanley yeah. Bryant on the O-line, Nick Dembski, a Canadian, Willie Jefferson on defense. I already mentioned that I gave mine to Dietrich Nichols. Look, that like I I, I debated on that one with myself and with other people yeah. for a long, long time. I knew Willie would win, but I felt it was important for me to give my number one vote to Dietrich yeah. Nichols. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, look, know, and look at this. Well, you guys are talking about Dietrich. You guys are talking about Willie. What about the rock? What about the rock? The guy that holds this whole damn defense together that are in the middle. He had another stellar year surrounded by all-stars. Could have easily been Adam Big Hill. He did. Biggie just plays game in, game out. You watch the last game where they chase the ball carrier down in BC. I mean, the guy just makes things happen. He's a gamer. Uh, you know, when it was like the game was on the line, he rises to the occasion. He's one of those guys that makes everybody everybody around him better. And I mean, he, that's how star-studded this team is. When you got a Willie, and you got a Dietrich, and then you're saying, "Well, what about Adam?" And it's funny on the depth chart they got him listed after outside uh, short side linebackers. You know, they oh, let's mess with the guys' heads. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll get let, let's get into that. Let's get into that a little bit, okay? Well, for, first I'll say you get a first place vote and a second place vote, and that second yeah. place vote is is used for a tiebreaker, but. Kolaris, Jefferson, Dembski, Bryant, Janarian Grant, Dalton shown the Blue Bombers uh, yeah. award winners in Winnipeg. And then those will become the nominees in the West Division onto the league uh, from there. But um, the 
you, you were in talking about the offensive line, Chris Brady Oliveira, I imagine got some votes either first or second place for the blue bombers, most outstanding Canadian yeah. this season. That's a big reason because of that offensive line. Like things didn't Absolutely. work out early Absolutely. in the Absolutely. year, but that offensive line needs credit there as well. You know, you hit it on the head. If that old line is not playing well, and you've seen some bad old lines, look at Saskatchewan's old line. My God, you talk about porridge. Uh, it just, they're not good. I mean, uh, no offense, but uh, Brady, uh, obviously the recipient of having great blocking in front of him and a great offensive scheme. You know, it all comes down to the scheme and the way they run the ball, attack them. Right. I mean, you saw Brady getting used to the old line, understanding that he had to hit the hole a little quicker. You can't be a dancer. You got to get there. If it's a gap, B gap, C gap outside, wherever get there. Now don't wait. Um, Brady, I think, you know, it's interesting because Dembski is more of a, Big chunk guy, big play guy, very exciting guy. Right. You know, even though Brady's got 21 runs of 10 yards or more, which is third in the league, uh, Dembski makes these big-time plays at big times, and he's exciting to watch. He's the X-Factor guy. I've always said that. Yeah, uh, He loves playing Saskatchewan. He got five touchdowns against those idiots. But, I mean, uh, you know, and I apologize to the people in Saskatchewan. I don't mean you're idiots. I mean – I feel bad for you guys. Hopefully you guys get your stuff straightened out there and sign some people, spend some money. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, I agree with you, Brady, uh, Brady could have, but I think it comes down to sometimes what you've done and the amount of big plays you make on that team. And obviously Dembski with career highs and receiving and 10 touchdowns. You, you can't overlook that, man. That's huge. I think if no Brady question. had, if Brady no had question. over a thousand yards or say, say he had 1200 yards, just say he had 1100 yards, let's cut in the middle. I think then it would have been a tighter race because I think that you guys look at that number and go a thousand. That's a plateau. You know what I mean? Now, obviously we got 18 games, not 16 games anymore. So that's another thing that drives me freaking crazy. But anyway, I, I agree with you on that one. The other one that's interesting when you talk about Willie, I want to go back to Willie just for a second because there's a lot of sentiment, uh, sentiment going toward Mr. Lemonator in Calgary. They're really pumping him on TV. I think he's got 14 sacks now. He's got about three, five forced fumbles. Uh, he's really playing well. And there's a lot of people that think that Sean has been overlooked so many years. He's now 34 years old. Is it time to reward the old man? And the reason mm. I say that is because years ago, my favorite player was one of them was Mac Heron, the running back, diminutive legs like a tree trunks. And he led the league. He played both ways, didn't he? Who, Mac? Yeah. Oh, no, he played running back. Okay. Play. But it, he lost because of the sentimental vote to Garney Hanley. No offense to Garney Hanley. Garney Hanley Hamilton had a great year, a bunch of interceptions. But this is a guy that, you know, Mac Heron, who led the league in rushing. Just a horse. And I was blown away that he lost. But that's the sentimentality. Well, Chris. Let's reward the old guy. Let, let's surprise everybody out there that number 63 in the Blue Bombers Ring of Honor, a digit that is never going to be worn by a Blue Bomber ever again. Just one of three or four that will never, ever be worn. And you only won the CFL's Most Outstanding Offensive Lineman Award. Two times. One time. Two times. Oh, you won it two times? Yeah, thanks, man. We didn't oh, know your stats. Up, up for four. Nominated How many times nine. were you runner-up? Two. So you could have had four. Both, both of them to the same guy, Jimmy Mills, a great player out of BC. 
But I'm saying when you were entering season 14, 15, 16, 17 of your career, did you expect to get more recognition because of how long you've been doing it at the high level that you were able to do that well into your 30s? No, I, I think I agree end, with that. no, I I think you know, it you know almost goes the other way. I mean, I was listening to somebody ask Stanley Bryant, "Would you play to your 40?" And I played on 40 because I'm stupid. You know, I just didn't have nothing. Not, you know, I just didn't have any other clue what I was going to do, even though I was a teacher. But um, yeah, I you know I played to us 40. I I lucked out being a uh, you know a divisional all star in my last year. Um, but having said that, you know, my, the thing I hang my hat on is you know I was nine times I was a team nominee. Now again, O line is about a group. And a lot of times it, you you pick one guy, but it really represents the entire group. Because if your line sucks, you're not getting any recognition. I don't care who you are. I was blessed to play with a lot of great guys. Nick Bishtaya, Johnny Bunk, you know, Frankie Smith, uh, you know, big Bobby Thompson, rest in peace. You know, Nick Benjamin, rest in peace. Steve Rodehusker, rest in peace. Bob the Wrestler, Molly. You know, I mean, I, I could go on and on. But anyway, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's humbling. But I also understand why they call humble self uh, Stanley because he understands too that if the rest of his line is garbage, you know he's not getting the recognition he has either. He understands it's a team, right. it's a team nomination. That's where well, look look how big Andrew Harris was in those years that Stanley Bryant won it. Right, like Brad Hall is asking me what my point is. My point is. People are saying, you know, maybe give a little bit more recognition to a Sean Lemon who's been overlooked for his career because he's That's, 34 and he's still playing yes. at a high level. Numbers are one thing, but what are you doing the other snaps okay. of the game? Right, well, Chris, you and okay. I have talked about okay. that hey, so much. Hey, hey, okay, great. Hey. You had two sacks in the game. What did you do the rest of the time? But hang on. Pressuring? hang on. Were you containing? Hey, Were you making look, tackles? What's he got? 40 tackles. I think he's got 40 tackles. The well, numbers are great. Seven the numbers 40. are great. I mean, the numbers are great, but I also think that's what I'm not. Listen, I am not taking anything away from anybody as a defensive category guy. I'm not taking it from a D line. I'm not taking it away from anybody, but I'll say this. There comes a time in the league when a guy puts up better than average numbers at the end or twilight of his career. And I'm not saying he's giving it up yet. He's 34 that they start saying, you know what? We haven't looked at this guy for a while. You know what? It's a feel good. It's a feel good. And I'm just saying that's sure. the only one. I will not be surprised if the Lemonator comes out of defense. I'm just saying. That's just my well, feeling. On, on a similar note, when the numbers are there, it, it shouldn't matter. But on a similar note of players being in that second half of their career or latter years of their career, Adam Big Hill a couple years ago, right, in, in the recognition that he received as uh, or, or last season in, in most outstanding defensive player. It's like he's still putting up the numbers. He's still that impactful. And he's on a team with Willie Jefferson – you know, let's give it yeah. to uh, to the guy that is, uh, you know, has maybe been overlooked in years past. And I know he has won a whole pile of awards in his career. He is anything but overlooked. I'm happy to see Gino Lewis in Montreal as the go. MOP nominee for the Alouettes. I think he has a very strong possibility of being the West Division, or pardon me, the East Division East. MOP nominee. It's going to be tough going up against a well, Zach no, whoever goes against or, Zach. You're basically, you know what, you're, you're, you're renting roar. a suit for a night out. You're basically going to have some free cocktails. You bring your wife to a nice gala event. No offense to Eugene or whoever comes out of the East, but, you're, you know, to knock Zach off that, I mean, he's actually going to get it. There's a guy here, Comet, great comment, Comet. There's no doubt in my mind, in my freaking mind, that Stanley Bryant will not be in the Ring of Honor. Uh, 
he's an outstanding player and he's yeah. going to go down as regarded as one of the best, if not the best that ever played. And I'm saying that because I think that he is that good. He's that special. So no, question. I would love if he gets in there and I'll, I'll tell you what, if I'm around still, when he does, I'll, I'll tip a few in his, in his name. Oh, no, no doubt. People tip a few in uh, Stanley Bryant's name. Uh, they're doing it today. They're doing it tomorrow uh, in this regular season finale. Yeah, nice day. Chris, I, I want to ask you about something that I think has many people wondering what's going on. And that is the Blue Bombers lineup going into this regular season finale. It is Adam Big Hill at weak side linebacker. It's uh, Tyrell Ford at corner. Um, it's Shane Goche at middle linebacker. It's, uh, you know, they, they're moving some guys around. Are we going to see a ton of Dalton Schoen, a ton of Brady Oliveira? Uh, you know, a, a lot of Greg Ellingson or, or Drew Olatarski. I'm hesitant to say that we will. I will. Because, I, think you will I think you will. Well, we'll see them, but how much of them should we see? What Winnipeg has been doing over the last two, three weeks has been clear as day to me. And I said it on Bonfire Midweek weeks ago. They have an opportunity with nothing more to gain in the standings over the final month of the season to work contingency plans to try out different guys in different positions. Yeah. Why is Shane Gauthier starting at middle linebacker? Because they can start him at middle linebacker, move Adam Big Hill over to weak side, have Malik Clements in more of a uh, uh, support role and bring him in uh, as the game goes on. They don't have to go with their ones at all. So use these games, use these opportunities to say, hey, if we lose a player this is our contingency plan. We need these guys to step up and step in and have no performance fall off. I think that's the, a very smart decision the Blue Bombers have made over the last month of the season to, to ensure that they've, they've got their bases covered. Listen, versatility is the key to any winning and championship team, and that's what they have here. I mean, the fact is what they show on paper today might be totally different on the field tomorrow. Do I think it's a good move putting Shane in the middle if, if that's actually what they're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Do I think Adam's going to play a lot? No, I don't. I bet you Adam, he only played half uh, half last week or last game against BC. I don't expect him to play more than a half again. Uh, now, the, you know, you want to get guys in game because, again, he had a bye. Now you got another bye. Uh, you want to get guys still in the mindset of playing. You don't want them just to relax and, you know, collect dust. But, I mean, I think that Adam will play a half. I expect that there are a lot of going to be a lot of uh, changes. And even, even though they got Tyrell Ford at that cornerback position, you know what? If he has a little bit of trouble, they can move Alexander. They can move Jamal Parker. Right. They can put Nick Hallett. I see Noah Hallett, his brother's playing again now. Uh, yeah, they got a, they got just a ton of talent. I mean, this is a team that can play at anything. When, and Richie Hall and Jordan Younger, have, I think they – kudos to these guys. They have done a fantastic job our job of, of, of creating this team that can play anywhere if they get hurt or nicked up in one spot. Yeah. I, I think having Noah Hallett back is a, a bit of a, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I was up in Bonito for three days. Yes. Oh, happy my. belated birthday, Chris, yeah, man. I tell you, we rented, uh, we didn't rent a bus. A friend of ours uh, borrowed him a um, 40 foot motorhome, and six of us went up there. I played with the Buffalo. It was uh it was crazy, man. I mean, it was just a good time, but uh, yeah, you know what? When I came back, I said, it's, uh, I, I'm not 20 anymore. Uh, they, uh, they they kicked me a little bit. The boys up there kicked me a little bit. 
but I had a great time. God bless him. You're man. no worse for wear. That's Brennan Wolchuk. No his dad's the MLA in Swan River. Brought me a bunch of bones for the dogs, a bunch of caribou and uh, antlers. Oh, is that so, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's his dad. His dad's a great guy. So that's a nice treat for anyway. Uh, that's enough storytelling about the great white north and Walby making his presence there. Well, I know you're no worse for wear because. When, okay. when you and I, when you and I jumped on the air today, I was like, "What is with you wearing orange every time the Blue Bombers play the BC Lions?" You did it a couple weeks ago too, and you said, "No, no, this Transcona hat is red." It is red. I don't know why it's showing up. It's because you gave me this light, this uh, crazy Bell and Howell light. You said it would light up here. Well, are you sponsored by them now? Well, I wish we should, eh? But I mean, yeah, no, it's it's an it's a Transcona national uh, hockey team. I think or is a national. I don't know, but anyway. I did a speaking engagement once there, but anyway, I just want to finish one thing that if, if, if you hear anything from a Buffalo up there, they're lying. I'm just going to tell you. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, they are some, they are some big, big animals. My God. No kidding. Uh, I, I can't imagine what your career in Winnipeg would have been like if it was in the age of the smartphone. Uh, I think it would have been two years. It would have been two years because canceled. The things that we did back then, the stories that we, you know, that we we had, the things that we, oh man, I was just crazy. Got away I mean, with? <laughs> I, well, I think you got to think about this too. I mean, I think that the league has changed for the better. Uh, back in the old days, I remember when I first started playing in '81, guys were smoking cigarettes in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never saw that before. I thought this is crazy. You know, the guys are taping their ankles; they come back, light up, and smoke in the stall. Uh, you, you don't usually see that, and you that know, even happened in always, the 2000s. Well, maybe not in the locker room. Well, but. yeah. Then, of course, there was beer all the time, right? After the game, it was always beer. Well, now they don't have beer anymore. I mean, it, they're, they're really smart because you don't want to get in trouble, right? And you want to be smart. And you know, we're in an era right now where we don't endorse, you know, drinking and driving and stuff like that. We want to make sure everybody's playing smart. Yeah, I got a ride, and sure, enjoy your bubblies, but make sure you got somebody to take a taxi, you know, all that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, the the main storyline of this game on Friday, Chris, and that is Nathan Rourke making his uh, very impressive return after suffering a sprain uh, to a Lis Frank injury named after a a French surgeon that, uh, you know, identified it, but it's essentially, um, you know, like a bone in the foot. This was my foot a bone right kind of there or a joint right kind of there between uh, the, the big toe and the index or whatever you want to call it, but between the uh, toes uh, at the base of the foot or high up in the foot. Um, sometimes these injuries take a year to recover from or eight months for Nathan Rourke. He played week 11 and here he is playing week 21. So two yeah. and a half months goes by. He has surgery, and it was always anticipation for him to return at some point this season. It is quicker than maybe expected, or uh, you know, the prognosis showed, Chris. But how much of Nathan Rourke can we expect to see? And by that, I don't mean time. They say he will play one quarter. Get the start, play the first quarter, see how it goes. But how much of Nathan work are we going to see in the sense of him using his feet, using his legs, and throwing deeper balls where, um, you know, it takes a uh, – you, you have more risk of getting hit because it's more time in the pocket. And also, you're, it's, it's harder on the body in that you got to torque a lot more, um, you know, on that injured area. I think it's – it's you know, you got to play. The guy has to play. 
I think the worst thing that could happen to Nathan Rourke is not play this week. Coming to the, you know, if say they go to the final and they lose and he doesn't play well, he got to get his feet wet. He's got to feel that rush again. He's got to get that adrenaline. He's got to see the guys coming at him. Um, you know, he's just got to see what's coming. I look at what he's got. I mean, he's got Dominic Rhymes. This guy's got 11 touchdowns. He's second in the second down conversions with 35 just behind Dalton Schoen. You got, you know, Lucky Whitehead, who's just a beast, I think. You got Keon Hatch. They've got some speed, and they got some, you know, guys that can get open. I think Nathan Work will play a quarter. I think that the running on his ability to get away from the pressure will be dictated by the Bomber defense. If I'm Bombers, I'm coming after him right away. Let's not play soft and let him get comfortable. You know what I mean? Let's get right after him. Let's throw the kitchen sink at the kid right now and see if he can respond. Listen, remember we had the big hype when he played the first game? Still had 300-plus yards, but he threw two yep. interceptions. Right? right? I mean, that's a big thing. Uh, but well, he's, got, he's, he's got the ability to get rid of the ball quicker than most quarterbacks. His pre-snap reads are top number one. Well, and his post-snap reads, too, like his decision-making is extremely high as well. Um, th there's been a lot of, of interesting things and numbers crunched uh, and, and interesting things written about Nathan Rourke over the last uh, couple weeks as he's, uh, you know, been been closing in on a return. I can't yeah. verify this, but interesting uh, number from Patrick Adamick, who's watching in Mexico and That's a season-long watcher in Mexico. What's right going on. on, Patrick? Good to have you with us. Hey, DB and Brio. Yeah, as a racist. Nathan Rourke's lowest, lowest passing percentage uh, and uh, Vernon Adams Jr.'s second lowest was against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, yeah. Winnipeg's defense's most strength is with uh, JJ and Nichols. I'm guessing that's uh, Jefferson and Jeffcoat and Nichols, Jeff and, and they will Absolutely. shut them down once again. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Winnipeg has to show too much on Friday night. You want to keep some of those uh, secrets uh, ah. under your belt, don't you, Chris? I want to throw every. I want to play a lot so that, that whenever we ever play, if it's Calgary or BC in the West Final, when they go against the scout team for the offense, they've got to say or defense, they've got to say, you know, they're, they've ran this, they've run this, they've run this. We got to be prepared for everything. You don't, you know, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Let's let's keep it confined. But no, listen, the Bombers want to win this game. They want to go 15, set a, a club record for most wins. Uh, I think this is a big time thing for them. I think the home crowd is going to be huge. I think the weather's fantastic. Uh, probably plays into BC's hands a little bit. That BC likes good weather. They play in the dome. They don't like the cold. So, I mean, that might, you know, uh, be a little bit in their favor. The fact they don't have to play in the rain or the snow or any of that garbage. But uh, I agree. I think the Bomber defense right now is playing as well. Look at they're the number one. They're number one defense. I mean. And you got the, and then you're going against the number two defense in BC. And you talked about this, I think, during the first game that you were very impressed with the secondary of the BC Lions. Obviously, Marcus Sales, who was a former bomber, Gary Peters, who has five interceptions. You know, got Lucius Purifoy, a big time player at safety. Then you got a couple of young guys. You got uh, Hakeem Johnson and, and Jason uh, or Jalon Edwards Cooper on that wide side. It's almost like, replication of what the bombers have with Jamal Parker yeah. and Tyrell Ford, you know, to the wide side. So um, this is, it, it has the makings. If, and I said this earlier about the pay on paper has the makings of a great game. You got two great receiving groups. You got two great quarterbacks, one who we're looking forward to seeing one who we know is great right now. and will be the MVP of the league or MOP of the league, a great defense. 
and a team that really gets after it. I mean, BC gets after you too. I mean, they got over uh, Guacham back. Uh, you know, then it's interesting that David well, Menard, TG, who's in TG a, Lee, is the, is the one DB that you didn't mention. Him, and that's yeah. because he's on the one game injured list. But yeah, he they may said be they want to get of, more time. And yeah. the, other, the other guy that who's not in the lineup for the BC Lions, who's a bomber killer, in Brian Burnham. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's back next week too, or, or in the he'll be back for the West uh, Semi. Uh, right. But I remember the last time the Bombers lost to the BC Lions was actually three years ago to the exact date, the 28th of October. And uh, Brian Burnham had a big game. Uh, I think the quarterback, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, it doesn't matter anyway, but they won, so it was crazy. Uh, Comet commenting, saying, if the Blue Bombers dominate, which I don't expect says Comet, uh, they can shut down the starters before the end of the first half. Look, whatever's happening in the game, yeah. they'll never admit to it, but whatever happens in the game, they have a plan in place of who will play and how much they will play and where they will play, and they're going to stick with it. I have zero doubt in my mind. They will never admit to it. It's all about going 1-0, but whoever is in, Chris, starter, backup, third stringer, they're all starters to Mike O'Shea and they're all expected to play like starters when they're on the field. So that goes into that mantra of we are out to win. It doesn't matter, but the reality is they're going to handle things, how the plan is set. And that plan yeah, is set absolutely. going now, out. Let's, let's jump to one of the other facets of this wonderful game we call football. Talk a little bit of offense, talk a little defense. How about a little pressure on Mr. Uh, Mark Leggio after going one for four last week in the Dome? But if you know, it's funny when you think you're playing in the Dome, but the Dome was open. And I guess the air pushes the ball down. I remember Bob Cameron said sometimes it's it's you think it's easier to play in there. But, I mean, obviously he had two or longer kicks, one for four. Um, you know, he's going to have to have a big game. We can't have go one for four again. I, I say they give him every opportunity to kick. If it's in this game, yards, absolutely. In this game, yeah. The other thing that I want to talk about, the Bombers cover teams have been, I'm going to say it, atrocious. Do you know that Terry Williams had 341 yards return yards? A lot of them are missed field goals. Oh, yeah. Those are record-setting days. Then the week prior, I can't remember who they played. They, they gave up over 200 yards return. So over 500 yards returning in special teams. That is the one eyesore that I see right now. I mean, that's the only crack in the armor. Uh, and I know they're going to do a better job because, you know, you got guys like, you know, uh, Miller and you got, uh, uh, you know, Nick Hallett, who are the, the two big leaders, Tanner Callender, uh, Callawander. I mean, he's what, 14 tackles? Cadwalder. Sorry there. Tanner. It's Tanner Gaskill Cadwalader. His name is so long they chopped it in half and just call him Tanner Cadwalader. I would call him Tad Cad. Tad Cad. Tad Cad. There you go. <laughs> anyway, those guys are the leaders, and I, I don't anticipate the uh, the BC Lions to have it. But I, if you watch the last game uh, the BC played, Terry Williams came close to breaking a couple, so he's getting better and better as they go. And remember, they just picked this guy up, so he's you know he's. He's actually just in the learning stages of the guys that are blocking for him. So, again, when you look at special teams, they got and, and then let's we we'd be remiss if we don't mention Mr. Sean White, who's kicking at almost ninety two percent, twenty four of his last twenty five field goals, last seven for seven. 
you go right down kickers the board. Kickers get better with age. They're like fine wine. Fine, well, kickers, for God's sakes, they play eight plays a game, for Christ's sakes. Well, that's Let's why they get, get better with age. Oh, I know. That's why Troy Westwood could play until he was 70. I mean, you know, he's, he's still playing. He could, keep, he could probably come back and kick now. There's no doubt in my mind that taught, I, his heart probably says, you know what, because he still plays soccer. I think he still yep. plays a little hockey. Yep. He's in incredible shape. So, yes. I mean, you know that he could probably come back and kick. Uh, and that's but, the thing with a kicker, right? I, I don't know how you feel, but, like, look, I want to talk about the run defense. I want to talk about the cover teams oh. because I think there's more nuance to it than they just need to be better. But when it comes to kicker, Chris, are you alarmed or concerned with Mark Leggio having that tough game in BC? Uh, no, because two of the kicks were really long. Um, the one he should have had was not as long. I think it was in the 30-yard range. Uh, but I think some kickers, like I mentioned before, I get. I think they get. They think because you're in a dome and there's not much wind, but when the dome is open, the wind pushes down and it pushes his ball back. So, or pushes it down. You don't get the loft. You don't get the distance. I mean, the long for Sean White is 50. So I mean, uh, you know, obviously they're going to have to go. But he's outdoors now. You got a little wind, maybe a little tailwind, uh, and this is where Legio. You know, he's at. This is his home. This is his park. This is where he kicks all the time. So well, and he'll be kicking either at IG Field or at Mosaic the rest of the way. Mosaic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're talking great. So, oh, look at you, yeah, you monkey. I mean, but but here's the thing, Chris. You you look at the the bulk of the season. There was two games Mark Leggio struggled. It was in BC in their last game, and it was against Montreal where he missed the game winning kick and oh, then yeah, missed again yeah, 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 in yeah. overtime. Right. Um, Outside of that, he has been very good. He's been punting well. He has been kicking oh, well. Um, no, definitely not. Uh, but when it comes to the cover teams, similarly to how, well, I know you kind of disagreed with me a minute ago when I mentioned that maybe Winnipeg doesn't show all of their cards against a team they could very well be facing in a game to see who goes to the Grey Cup. Could cover teams be similar in scheme, like I know you were, you probably didn't play Gunner, Chris, and, and go down and me? make big tackles on specials. But could they be saving the scheme and saving the game oh, plan God. for the playoffs? You, oh man, get yourself a Kalua. Um, look at, there's no way in heck they're going to do that. You, you know why? Because special teamers are playing for their job. I'm not going to go. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the players gunner. aren't playing hard. Well, I just don't think. Why would you change the scheme if it's, if it's working? But it's, it's not working. working. Well, it's not working because somebody's getting out of their lane. You got to follow your lanes. You got to, a lot of times, teams try and push it to the outside. And then they'll say, well, hold on. We've got to go outside, contain. They'll come up the middle. You saw Janarian Grant on that punt return touchdown, who's got two against BC. I mean, they were so concerned about him getting to the outside that he just busted up the middle. No, I don't think you ever, I think that's one place you don't, I don't think you do it anywhere. Yeah, I know preseason the offense kind of doesn't like to show all your cards. Maybe not in a even defense. preseason. First half of the season, the offense doesn't go through the whole playbook. Yeah, uh, I don't believe that. I we had a playbook, and you wouldn't believe how big it was. It was like a bloody phone book. But I mean, did you, you show every there. personnel package when you didn't need to? No, you find out what works, but you have to right. know everything. But you run if you run a fifty-four search and you're kicking their butt on a fifty-four play action search, you're going to keep running until they stop it. Whether you know it's I 
But my point is whether it's offense or defense or special teams, and you've been studying the film and you see something that you feel will break BC's ability to run the football or break BC's ability to pressure the quarterback or break BC's ability uh, to stop the run. Are you telling me you're going to show it this week when you could face them in two weeks in an actually meaningful game? It makes no sense. I'm going to kick their ass so that when they come back and play me, whoever it is, that I'm going to kick their ass again. I know you play. I, hey, you play hard. No question. But no, you got it. You can't do that, man. Uh, I just, okay, somebody just goes, Jeff Cables goes, DB just took a sip of Kahlua. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been on the wagon here for four or five days. I do what days you now. tell me. I do what you tell me, Chris. I know you do. You do, you do a great job, man. I'll be honest with you there, but no. And I think it's, it's good to have these interactions where we may not, we agree to disagree. Um, you know, being part of a lot of teams where, I've never heard anybody say, uh, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to keep, we're going to keep something now. Well, here, hang if, on. I'll say, I will say this in your defense. Let me just finish yeah. this here. If I notice a team is peeling back, say on a kickoff, so worried about getting their blocks, I may look at saying maybe a short kickoff. I may, and I may save that for a big game. That I agree yeah. with you on that. If that's well, what like Winnipeg saying, Gordo great. says, O'Shea hasn't had as many trick plays, especially on special teams this season, as he used to. Winnipeg right. hasn't needed to dig into uh, the the tickle trunk of special plays, if you will. Right? They haven't had to because they're a fourteen win team. They're going to potentially break a record in this franchise's history with a fifteenth win of the season on Friday night. But it was different years ago when they were fighting for second place, fighting for third place in the West fighting on the road in the playoffs. What may happen is you take advantage of not needing to show that card until you need it, or it can be a time where give you a great advantage or a momentum swing in the postseason. No, I agree with you. I, I gave you one example. I just think that right now, for me, the Bombers want to win this game badly. You do not want to lose here after you just lost in BC. I don't care how many guys you had in BC sitting out. You do not want to give any momentum to the BC Lions by no saying, question. hey, we beat them at home. We beat them here. You know what? We can beat these guys. You want to whip the dogs, let them know that they don't want to come back here. This is my house. This is my playground. You know what? We're going to let the dogs loose on you. So, I mean, to me, it's such a crucial game for the Bombers. It really is a crucial game. I, um, I completely agree with you. There is that psychological part oh, of it, right? To show that you're the better team no matter what. But when I'm talking about the Blue Bombers having a plan for Zach Kolaris, for Adam Big Hill, for uh, Brady Oliveira, for whoever, to maybe rest them or give them a little bit less, give some other guys some more opportunities. You go out there and you play balls to the wall, 100 miles an hour football. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You play hard. You play to win no matter what, but there is a plan in place. You don't oh, go yeah, showing sure. your entire deck of cards saying, this is how you beat the BC lions. You don't do that in a meaningless game. You save it for it's when not a you meaningless need game. it. It's not a meaningless game. It is I'm such a psychological game. If they right win now. Friday night, Chris, they're not going to the Grey Cup. Who? The Bombers. If they win Friday, they're not going to the Grey Cup. Why? They still have to win on November 13th. Oh, I know that. But my point is this. 
if you lose to a team two times in a row, regardless of who you're playing, there's two reasons you switch guys around. One, you got a big lead. Two, you're so you're so far behind, you see, it doesn't really matter anymore. The second one's the worst. The, the other one is where you just want to switch guys into play. But you got to watch where you are because you just, if you know, like last week they lost 40 or 32 or whatever it was two weeks ago. I think that was a game they got. We all, I kind of thought they were going to lose anyway because they were sitting so many guys. But now you're at home. You're seven and one at home. They should be eight and zero after that missing that field goal in Montreal. But having said that, I just don't think you want to give this team and Nathan Rourke and this BC Lions any breath or refresh breath of having a chance mentally that they can come back if they come back in the West Final. And again, that's a big if because Calgary. I mean, you got two teams that could finish 12. And I'm glad 12. you mentioned that. Yeah, they could have both I'm, won 13 wins and be in third place. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I absolutely agree. And and Jeff Kabila's uh, feel the heat in here. Chris's sleeves might go off, uh, go up soon. I'm sweating. You tear those off. Getting heated, man. Getting heated, man. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Calgary Stampeders because before we get into your keys to the game here on game day, Winnipeg on bonfire sports, big thanks to everybody who's watching us live. Uh, or if you're watching this afterwards, or if you're catching this on the podcast, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, tell a friend, share the uh, episode. we got great stuff going all the way through the CFL playoffs. Bonfire sports will be at the gray cup, no matter what in Regina this year. So give us a thumbs up, uh, youtube.com slash bonfire sports even if you're listening uh, by podcast or on Facebook or, or wherever. Um, to me, Chris, there are two teams that I think the CFL should be put on notice to not sleep on. And it is the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the East. Wow. And I want your opinion, the Calgary Stampeders in the West. I think Calgary can run the table. Ooh, and baby. Make it see, happen in the West. I, I still think Winnipeg is the better team, but yeah. don't sleep on Calgary. I well, expect them to go in and beat BC. Here, here's in the, the thing that happens, DB. It's a crescendo. You always want to build up to that final game. You, you never want to blow your stack right here. You want to keep building. I looked at Calgary and the way they ran the ball last week. My God, over 200 yards. Uh, and then you talked about Hamilton. Great point. Dane Evans, who struggled so mightily in the beginning of the year, that big game where he threw the ball to White in the end zone, they got that, they got that win, a comeback win. Uh, they're playing good football. They found a running back. I think his name is Wes Hill or Wes something. Yeah, Wes Hill. Just a huge monkey. I mean, that guy's huge. He's a monster. He is a so, monster. I mean, yeah, I you, you know what? I look at that, and then everybody's kind of thinking Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Is McLeod Bethel-Thompson going to take the next step to be an elite quarterback? That'll be the good point. But uh, you're right. Hamilton, can we go again? Can it be three in a row? Wouldn't that be something? Like the 50s and 60s again with them meeting every year. I don't know if they will, though, because I think think Toronto's got a really good defense. Montreal, I'm not sold on Montreal yet. You know what? I had a Blue Bombers player after practice this week tell me they think Montreal is the best team in the East and that really? they are playing good football right now. Well, you know what? And they would know better than me. I mean, well, I try and watch all the games and I try and go back here, to the highlights. Here's a hint. Here's a hint. This player played in the East most of the year. Oh, wow. Could be a couple you're talking, guys. You're, talk, you're talking about Alden Darby. I'm not. Oh, you're not going to tell me. I'm also That's not okay. going to tell you. That's okay. It's not bad. I can guess. 
There's only so many guys that came from the East. That's yeah, okay. well, quit asking me then, okay? All right. I'll tell you this, though. <laughs> your, great, your point of Hamilton is a great point. There's a lot of teams I think that are scared about Hamilton right now. Hamilton's got a good defense. Their offense, if they can get it going, I just – I look at the talent-wise – and I, I know the East is going to be a, a tight race up there, but the West, you said Calgary. Calgary, to me, has a great defense. They got a one-two pack. I know there's so much talk about Bo Levi going to Saskatchewan now. We're overshadowing the fact that uh, Jake Mayer, February. Mayer is playing well. Kadeem Carey is the elite running back in the league. Kamar Jordan's back right now. Uh, I uh, mean, Diedrich Mills. Dietrich and Peyton Mills, Logan. It's not just oh, yeah. Kadeem Carey, yeah, who no, is their MOP great. nominee. Two they great, got three yeah. good running backs. Oh, wow. I agree with you, man. So, and okay, a I fantastic special teams group led by Mark Killam, who could very well be a head coach in the CFL next year. Will it be? Well, he's a coach. Well, you got to remember one thing. Yeah, he Cass, probably could. Ottawa? But having he's said good. that, listen to this. He is a co-head coach in Calgary right now. She's so assistant head coach. She's making decent cash. Probably has a beautiful home in Calgary. You got to, a lot of people think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Then you go, everybody, yeah, you know, it, it's not as, it's not as good as you think. No, I, I hear what you're saying. And that's yeah. probably why they, they, they want Mark Killam to stay, right? Yeah. Oh, of I would course. want him to stay too. So you, you give him that, you know, uh, associate head coach or co-head coach or, or what have you. Speaking of that, does it, you know, he, he may want to blaze his own trail. You may Did want O'Shea, to hire his own staff. O'Shea sign? Has O'Shea decided an extension yet? He has not. You know he's probably going to. He's going to get a lot You of know attention. this is going to be a distraction in the next two weeks. Can you imagine it's Grey Cup week in Regina? Mike O'Shea wins coach of the year again, and he doesn't have a contract as his team goes for a three-peat? When you look at coaches of the year, you know it's going to be Ryan Dinwiddie might be one of them. Uh, I don't think it'll be the Montreal guy. Hamilton, no. Uh, I think it'll be Winnipeg. No, look, look, Ottawa needs a coach. Toronto. Rick Campbell. I'll say it's going to be Rick Campbell and, and probably O'Shea. But don't you have East-West? I don't know if you did. Yeah, it goes East-West. Okay, so yeah. I, it, it could be Campbell. Because Campbell turned around an ugly BC team. I mean, they, they were garbage. And all of a sudden now, they're looking pretty dang good. Sure, yeah. No, like, hey, they, they got to 12 wins, potentially 13, based on Friday. Um, they, they could be a 13 win team without their number one quarterback all season. Yeah. Well, half the season. Are you going to the game? Of course I'm going to the game. Are you going autograph. to the game? I have to sign autographs tomorrow. Okay. Well, I want your keys to the game. So while you're getting carpal tunnel syndrome and you're going to go on the one game for, uh, the semifinal week by for the blue bombers, you uh, what are your keys? What, what are your keys to the game while you're signing autographs? Well, to me, I think seriously, it's the offensive line is going to be huge, and for the offense for the Bombers, I think you've got to give uh, Zach time. I think that BC is really going to come after him early. I know he's only going to play about a quarter. I think you have to establish that run game. And when I look at the receiving crew, it's such an important factor if we're going to throw the ball to give Zach the time in the pocket. I don't like the fact that he's going to always have to run out and throw on the run. I know he likes doing that. He makes a lot of successful plays, but I think you just got to give him protection. Keep him standing straight up. Don't let him get his jersey dirty and establish Brady. Because Brady in the two games against BC has not run the ball effectively. They have not run him very much. I mean, the last time BC, they pulled him halftime and they put in Johnny Augustine. But uh, defense, I think, you know what? 
Let's throw the, I said everything in the kitchen sink. Throw it right at Adams or at uh, Nathan. Let's see what he's made of. Let's test him. Do not sit back in his own coverage where he can sit back there and get his reasons. He does, as I said, and as you said, pre and post snap, man, he's, he's right on top of it. And when you look at it, he's number one in the pass. He's number one uh, completion goal. He's number one still after only playing, whatever, 11 games and 30-plus completions with 31. He is just everywhere. Yeah. And team, special teams gets easy. Just cover like, I'm telling you, cover like whatever. Cover like a blanket when you're freezing your ass off. Right. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but, yeah, cover, cover. Just get down there. Don't let Terry Williams beat you. No, I'm with you there. Great keys to the game, Chris. I'll only Thank add this. Brother. The way you avoid health issues in a game is by playing 100% hard. and Don't hard relax. every single Absolutely. snap. I just want Winnipeg to go out there and play hard, get a W, um, and uh, reward those home fans that have been supporting them all year, uh, break that record, and get to 15 on the season. Yeah. Um, that, that all said, SIA.com slash bonfire. Go there now. You can get the Bombers uh, money line. Uh, pays, pays not too bad, minus 180. So uh, you, you can do that uh, as well. But uh, big thanks, Chris. Appreciate everybody out there for joining Amen. us. Yeah, love um, watching it. This is when it gets to be fun, guys. I and mean, this is when it's fun. I yeah. mean, when you're at the beginning of the year, you're talking about what could be. Now we're talking about what could be. With, we're right close to possibilities. I'm excited for what they, for this game because now it's the best against the best. It's yes. not like we're not having a you know bingo stamp game where we got to cover it and really blow up the other team just to keep <laughs> people interested. This is interesting, guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see everybody after the game, game day after dark, as always, right here on Bonfire Sports. Chris, enjoy the game. We'll see everybody right, next boys. time. Go Blue. Talk to you later, DP.